Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We regularly work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Welcome back to the college, and we're continuing in our series on Psalm 1, and we're going to focus in on that tree that's planted by the river. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning we were in Psalm 1-1 for Sunday school, and I want to return there, and we did this uh, passage. Uh, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the sea of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. We talked about that word law in the Hebrew, Torah, the Torah. So uh, that, that's just was exciting as we went through all of that to understand what he's talking about there, that it's the manner of a man. That we talk about the law. We talked about that. Uh, John Golden Gay, in his commentary on Psalms, uh, uses this to help us break this down. The good fortune of the person who has not lived by the plans of the faithless. We just sang about the faithful. But lived by the plans of the faithless. Or stood in the path of failures. Those who have stopped in their journey. Or sat in the seat of the mockers. Rather, his pleasure lies in Yahweh's teaching. He talks about his teaching day and night. And, and we're talking about spiritual disciplines and how we need to get the word of God in us so that we're doing it day and night. So that the word of God comes forth from us. And so the idea here in Psalm 1-1 is if we start off with what they're doing, they're near their plans. We're coming close to their plans. We're following their advice. And the world is telling us to go their way. And these people in, this, in Psalm 1 are starting to listen to them. And it's a progression. They first begin to listen to their advice. They start listening. And so we have many empty pews because people are listening to others. They're listening to others. So they begin by associating themselves with the plans of men. Then they join them on their way. They start following them. And we know the internet's all about who you follow. We start following them. We begin with listening to them and they've turned away and now they start following their way instead of God's way. And it becomes a danger path. And we're talking about following Christ as the way. But this is the psalm is saying they're following another way. It leads to eventually sitting with them and joining them or becoming just like them, becoming them. And that's what's happening. People have moved away from the Word of God. They've moved away from it and they 
have sought the advice of others, following after their way to the point that they become just like them instead of becoming like him. So it's the exact opposite of what we want. Amen. In the ancient world, that's how you describe something. One of the key ways to describe something in the ancient world is to tell somebody what it's not. Well, it's not this. I mean, how do you describe God? <laughs> well, he's not this. And he's not that. You, you, but a lot of people say, God, you know, they, they've come up and made God smaller. He doesn't even exist anymore. Because they've strayed. They've gone astray. That's why the pews are empty. Because they're not sitting with us. They're sitting with them. And that's the problem. And that's what the psalmist addressed. And so I want you to remember what we did this morning in Sunday school and understand how God set a path for us to follow in Adam. Adam failed and another Adam came, Paul says. And he accomplished it. And the question is, are we with them or are we with him? That's what the psalmist is saying. Are we with him or them? And we've got to remember that. Are we with our Lord or are we with them? So, it's like being invited home with them. They want you to try their stuff. It's an invitation. We often talk about the altar and the invitation to Christ. Well, they're inviting, hey, to listen to our ideas. Listen to the ways of the world. It's an invitation to come home with them to the point that you're taking the path to their home. They've invited you home and now you kind of follow that advice and now you begin to walk toward their home until you're with home, home with them. Until you enter into their home and their, their home becomes your home. That's how I kind of understood this as I broke this down. Uh, Golden Gay says, listening to people formulating plans is one thing. To listen to people formulate plans instead of seek the plans of God. Formulating plans. Instead of seeking God, as we went and talked so much about in January. Have you forgotten? Wasn't that long ago, January. But we focused on seeking. But they formulate plans. Listening is one thing. Acting on them is another. I like how Golden Gate lays this out. Spending one's life in the company of such schemers is to walk into a marsh from which one is unlikely to emerge. We were told they're going to drain the swamp and washing ton. You know that place in America where they needs a ton of washing? They're going to drain the swamp? No. Just went right in there and became more swamp. We got a bunch of swamp monsters. That's what we got. Schemers that end up into a marsh which one is unlikely to emerge. This is a picture that's being painted in this Psalm 1. I wanted you to get this picture of them and the marsh that they're unlikely to ever emerge. The quicksand that's not so quick because the quicker you get trying to get out of it, the deeper you sink. But what does verse 2 tell us? But... <laughs> The righteous. <laughs> his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. That's what they do. They've gone off the deep end. To probably a point of no return. It's very difficult. 
Even the New Testament writers talk about it. For someone who has tasted and then walks away. Very difficult. You know Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night. Got our times all mixed up. Before, I talked to the girls Sunday before Sunday school. But because of the time change, now they're in bed. So now I get to talk to them after this service. Because of the time change, they'll be getting up. So it's an hour sooner. So I get to talk to them. The time change. Day and night. The church around the world is day and night praying. It's like heaven. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, there is a Christian on this planet somewhere praying. Gary showed me this on the voice of Mars, of a former young man in the Buddhist monastery who's now a Christian. Because someone, while you were sleeping, was over there doing the work. Day and night it happened. And he's telling us, Day and night, we have an opportunity to be with God at any time. They used to, when I was, before I went over there, used to, you had all these 24-hour deals. Now, you can't even go to Wendy's at noon and expect it to be open. Used to be 24 hours. Signs on the door, burking, sorry, drive through only. We can't even do day, let alone day and night. Used to, 24 hours. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. How much time are we giving God's word? And how much time are we listening to them? And all that advice that comes to these wicked devices. That claim to be smart. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. When you put God's word first, foremost, and it consumes you, and you begin to walk like he did. He did. What do we do out of John 15, the past few Sundays, Sunday nights? Abide in me, and I in you. Are we walking with him? As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Are we in abiding in? We have to be careful because we don't want to listen to all that junk that it takes over and stresses us out so that we freeze up and we can't do anything. We need to get into the Word of God. Abide in the Word. Matthew twelve thirty four says, Father, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Day and night, what is coming out of our mouths? What is our thoughts? When our mind is in neutral, where does it go? Have we ever thought about what we talk about the most? All day long. What is the bulk of our conversation? That'll tell us what's in here. Because it'll bubble out. And if it's the Word of God, hallelujah. If it's not, we need more time in the Word. So verse 3 says, He, this person, that meditates day and night, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither. Why? Because day and night that tree has a supply. It's abiding in that flow from God. Think about John 15. He said, I am the vine You're the branches. If we're plugged into Him, 
then what he has in the Holy Ghost will flow through us and the fruit of the Holy Ghost will come out of us. Amen. That flow because we're plugged in. But Paul said in Romans 9, 10, and 11, you can be unplugged. And John 15, we learned in verse 2, says, He cuts the branches that don't have any fruit, but he also cuts the ones that do because he wants more fruit. I always remember that. One of my neighbors went and cut all of his trees. I mean, it looked terrible. Looked absolutely terrible. Cut his trees like you wouldn't believe. I thought, my Lord, who does that? You had these beautiful trees and now you got Charlie Brown Christmas. I never seen fruit so big and so tasty the next year. Could it be that this whole pandemic, could it be that God is pruning because he's expecting a special harvest? If we are a tree planted by rivers of water, if we're plugged in, then we produce fruit in the season no matter what. Because why? We're constantly being filled. We're constantly, Paul said in Ephesians 5.18, be filled, completely filled, to over, constantly full of the Spirit of God. That means it comes out of you, comes back in you, out of you, in you. You have new mercies every day, the lamentation says. Every day presents new problems. Well, guess what? God says, when you wake up, hello, I got new mercies for you. Do we grab those mercies in the morning? Or do we hit the snooze alarm? And said, I remember one of my early sermons was, is it, good morning, Lord? Or, oh, God, it's morning. <laughs> we have this flow. That will produce in our season, no matter what it is. Whether it's night, we'll produce. Whether it's terrible time, we'll produce. Why? Because we're plugged in. And it's not from our supply. You notice the other people in verse 1? They're about roaming around. You notice the righteous? They're blooming where they're planted. They're not ever roaming like the prodigal son. Where you can lose everything that daddy gave you. His leaf will not even wither. Why? Because he's got a constant flow connected to God. The branch is only there like a straw to get the Pepsi out of that cup. <laughs> That's it. We're just a straw. He produces the life and it flows through us and the excess hangs out as fruit. I can't love you. But I can let God love you through me. I can be a straw when I empty myself and keep myself cleansed and pure so I don't poison God's stuff with my junk and have communion so that we can cleanse ourselves so that when God's stuff flows through us we don't have poison attached to it and our leaf does not even wither you know what we get from the leaf anybody some plants it's tea which I love 
That's where oxygen comes from. Leaves. No leaves, no oxygen. Why do you think winter's so depressing? <laughs> Thank goodness there's trees in another part of the world. If we haven't cut them all down to make toilet paper. Or, no, I'm not going there, sorry. Golden Gate says he becomes like a tree planted by water channels. Channels of water, which produces fruit in season as foliage does not wither. He makes everything that he does thrive. I love this thrive. Are we thriving? This is what the psalmist is telling us. We're thriving. Why? Because we're plugged into God. God's alive. God's not dead. We plug into him, we're alive. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You're plugged into me, you live. And anyone walking by needing can grab you, your fruit, and chomp down on it and get life. Like a grape. Remember it's a vine. Grapes encasing the life. The juice that's inside, it comes from the vine. That juice in the vine is sealed in a piece of flesh. And you take that and crush it and you make wine for communion. You destroy the flesh to get the life, the juice. Just like the Roman centurion pierced the heart of Jesus and blood and water flowed out of the life. The life. The life. Thriving. Proverbs 21 says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Can God use us to control, irrigate? That's what he, Adam was supposed to do. Take the water that God gives from above, irrigate that desert land, and turn the wilderness into another Eden. Reproduce. Take the seeds from Eden and go farm. And that's what his son Abel did. That's what his son Cain did. They, they were farmers. And they took from the ground and they fed the animals the life. that God had given them, they fed others until one of them killed the other one. God wants to control us. Remember, we're priests and kings. God wants to control us. Exodus 19, he called his people under Moses to be kings and priests. And Peter picks up on that. and says, we're kings and priests and God wants to use us to control the Holy Ghost to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh through us. We're the channels. He wants to use us to do that. If our hearts are in sync with His, to allow that to flow. But when our hearts get corrupted, it just blocks the flow and we don't get the fruit of the Spirit. We don't get the fruit of the Spirit. Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts the man. <laughs> Someone. And make his flesh his arm. <laughs> You're going to trust in men. But that's what the world has decided to do. They're going to trust in the government to meet their needs. They're going to trust in this or trust in that. They're not here tonight. Because they're not going to need to trust God. Because we made it too easy for them. And whose heart departeth from the Lord. These are the cursed ones. These are the ones in Psalm 1 that you don't want to be. It's the same idea here. Verse 6, Jeremiah 17, 6. For he is like a heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh. But he shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, a, in a salt land and not inhabited. He becomes like the dead sea. He dries up. 
The plans of men dry up. No life, only death. Only taking. The Dead Sea only takes, it doesn't give anything. It only takes from the Sea of Galilee, from the Jordan River. It never gives. It never gives. Verse 17. Blessed though. We're in Jeremiah 17, which is the same thing that Psalm 1 says. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. The Lord is our hope. The Lord is. Verse 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. There it is. <laughs> Psalm 1 again. Plugged in to the power of God. And he spreadeth out her roots by the river. Roots that go down deep. Bloom where you're planted. Let your roots go down deep and suck in the power of God. The Spirit. The Holy Ghost. And shall not see when the heat cometh. Doesn't matter. I don't care how hot the sun is. I'm plugged into the river. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does to them. Why? Because they're out on the road. <laughs> These people aren't out on the road. These people are plugged in the river. But her leaf shall be green. It doesn't matter. Turn up the heat. I don't care. I'm plugged in. Doesn't matter how much it waxes worse and worse, the godly will still be godly. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. I don't care. I got the river. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. You know when Abraham's a pilgrim, you know when he's wandering the wilderness, what's he looking for? Anybody have an idea? What's he looking for? Trees. Why? Because if he finds trees, he finds water. <laughs> he finds food. There'll be animals there that he can kill. And there'll be water there that he can give to his animals and to his family. He's looking for trees. What are they looking for? Hello! They're looking for some trees that got some fruit on it that show that you're plugged in. Amen. And when they get to see the tree, they'll come in here and they'll drink of the water. They'll draw from the wells of salvation. Isaiah 12. Hello, trees. Why do you think it's a cross? Hello, trees. We're the tree of life. From Eden to a dying world. They come to that, they'll come to Eden. They taste and see that the Lord is good through us. They'll be here. We are God's tree of life to a dying world. We are God's tree of life. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. The darker it gets, the brighter your light's going to be. Just shine. Be a tree plugged in to the Holy Ghost and produce fruit. And the world will taste and see. And they'll say, I want to go where you're plugged in. I told you that. I've done all the surveys. They've hired me. You know what the number one reason a person comes to church? And it's way above any other reason. The number one reason why a person goes to church is someone they know and trust. They say, I want what you got. And I want to go where you're at. They're invited by someone they know and trust. So you got to come here and get plugged into this. 
the number one reason. Because people taste and see the goodness of God in us. They'll come. Because they're out there dying. And they've tried the advice of the world. And they're out there on the road. And they're trying to hitchhike. And it just ain't working. And they keep going home with this one. And going home with that one. And sleeping with this one. And sleeping with that one. They can't decide if they're a cat, a dog, or what. Do they use the restroom or the kitty litter? They don't know what they're doing. They're lost. They have no identity. What do they need? They need the love of Jesus Christ to show them the way. They need to get plugged in. They're dying. They're unplugged. Ezekiel 17. Interestingly, Ezekiel 17 talks about the same thing. He also took of the seed of the land. We're supposed to be a seed of the earth. And planted in a fruitful field, he placed it by great waters and set it as a willow tree and it grew and became a spreading vine of low stature whose branches turned toward him. And the roots thereof were under him so it became a vine and brought forth branches and shot forth sprigs. And the branches, trees grow wide. They're, they're, they're praising God. <laughs> this is where the life comes from. They're pointing. Life comes from up there. They're growing toward God. The life came down in Christ and they're growing up toward God. They're growing toward the sun where they get their nourishment, the light of the world. He goes on. We're in Ezekiel 17, 7 and 8. There was another great eagle with great wings and many feathers and behold, this vine did not bend her roots toward him. What happens when the, you don't bend your roots toward him? And shot forth branches toward him. That he might water it by the furrows of her plantation. It was planted in a good soil by great waters. That it might bring forth branches. That it might bear fruit. That it might be a goodly vine. That's what it was supposed to do. But it didn't. That's Israel. They missed it. They were supposed to. But they missed it. What is a tree supposed to do? It's supposed to shoot branches toward him. That he might by the... Watered by the furrows of the plantation. Watered. You following the pattern here. God is wanting us to take his water that's in this place and give it to the thirsty. To bring them here to drink the waters of salvation. To the cross, that is. Doesn't have to be our church. It needs to be the cross. Remember Genesis 2-7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Prior to this, it talks about water. It says there was no water, but he needed water. But if he just put water there, nothing was going to happen. He needed someone to irrigate the water. And so he made man from the dust and the water, from the mud. And he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. There it is. Where earth and water come together with God's spirit and humanity was born so that humanity takes the same water and the same earth and produces to feed the animals and feed others that's the circle of life in Genesis 2 verse 8 says and the Lord God planted a garden eastward and Eden there he put the man in form he put the man there so he could maintain the garden and go out and make more take the seed from there and go out Take the seed from here, the water from here, and go out. Psalm 46.4. There's a river. Remember this? 
Anybody familiar with the Psalms? We read them every Sunday. We'll get to this one eventually. There's a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. What else was Abraham looking for? Usually if you find the river upstream or maybe downstream, you're going to find a city. See, Abraham thought that if there was water here, if there's trees here, maybe God showed up because there's life, because life comes from the Father. So God has showed up. But then Abraham is also in Hebrews 11 looking for a city, the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. First you find the tree. The tree leads you to the water. The water leads you to God. That's the pattern here. That's the pattern here that we have. Psalm 65, 9. Thou visits the earth and waters it. God waters the earth. Thou greatly enriches us with the river of God which is full of water. God is wanting to water us. That's what he did in the beginning when he made humanity. He took the dust and he took the water, made mud, and breathed his life into it. Hello, he's baptized us with water and the Holy Ghost. Ezekiel 47, the whole chapter, but we're just going to look at verse 1. Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Read that full chapter, and it talks about God's house. Out of it flows water. And the water gets deeper the further it gets away from God's house. And what is this water doing? It's actually cleansing the earth. It's talking about how it moves out of Jerusalem, actually, and it's going toward the Red Sea, trying to, or the Dead Sea, and trying to cleanse the land, purify the land. The water that God has here is just a trickle, but out there it can clean so much. The land needs to be cleaned. The land has been defiled. And this is what the book of Revelation picks up on in Revelation 22, 1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. There it is, water flowing out of Jesus' heart, water flowing out of Jerusalem in Ezekiel 47, water flowing from heaven, from God's house down to us. Are you getting the picture here? In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, there was a tree of life. There it is, the tree of life. That was lost in Eden, now is returned in Revelation, which bare twelve manner fruits and yielded fruits every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. All of this is to heal. Now we got modern doctors back then, they didn't have that. What did they do? They got herbs for this sickness and that sickness and this sickness, and they got herbs. They found leaves for the healing. It's for the healing. People need healing. Jubilee trying to get her going. She's constipated using prunes and apples and all kinds of fruits. The doctor told her no candy. No junk food. You eat your vegetables. They're high on vegetables over there. They're vegetarian, most of them. You eat your veggies. And Jubilee was just so proud with me. When she came from the doctor, she let me know, Daddy, I'm eating my vegetables. I'm doing, I'm eating my veggies. I'm doing what the doctor told me. I'm sick. And she's eating vegetables. And my wife is looking at me going, 
You're going to be eating your veggies. <laughs> the healing of the nations. John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. On the last day of the feast of Sukkot, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Do you believe in Jesus? Then where's the river? Or is it plugged up? Is it dammed? That's what I'm talking about a river dam well anyway. Well, you can play with that word do whatever you want with it spelled however you want to. I don't know. Out of his heart will flow rivers of water. We got it. We're the church. We're the church. Not this building. Out of us is gonna come the water of life. Verse 39. But this he spake. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. It's coming out of us. It's a river of life. For the Greek, it's the heart. In the Greek. <laughs> but for the Hebrew, it's the middle of the person. Right? And dead center in the middle. And they have found, with new studies, that your bowels and brains are so connected, you wouldn't believe it. Your bowels and brains are so... And the, the Jews, the Hebrew, their thoughts was, this is where all the seat of emotions were. Because when you got upset, what happened? Your, your bowels got messed up. The Spirit! Of course, we read this, John 19, verse 34. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith there came blood and water. We talked about that. Out of Jesus came water. Out of the temple came water. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Where's the water? we got to let it flow. Now what's amazing is, what is this story talking about? This tree's been transplanted. This tree was transplanted, moved from wherever it was, and plugged into... And because it was transplanted, because that tree moved from where it was and moved to be plugged in by this river of water, it begins to flourish. First, it needed to be nursed. Second, to be flourishing, it had to be planted, and now it's flourishing. Third, it becomes nourishing. Because it moved and plugged itself in yourself into the river of God. And as one preacher used to tell me all the time, boom, where you're prone. That's what he told me. He said, you're going to find yourself long before I went overseas. He said, I don't know where you're going to find yourself, but wherever you find yourself, boom, where you're planted. Wherever God puts you, you bloom. That's what he told me. You just get plugged into God and just boom. So much so, I think that him and my dad were in cahoots because my dad always quoted my uncle and said that he had flowers. He had three flowers, his children. Blooming idiots. <laughs> Bloom. Bloom. Matthew 13, verse 3 through 6 says, 
And he spake these things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went to sow forth to sow, and he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell among the stony places where they had not much earth. Very little earth. And forthwith they sprung up, wow, so fast. Because they had no depth, deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root and it withered away. If we don't get our roots down deep into the Holy Ghost, it's easy to spring up and get excited about God. It's hard if you, if you don't have much earth. If you don't have other people around you to hold you. When the storms of life come and you ask them to pray with you, you'll be blown over. That tree is just going to be blown over. Wither away. No root system. It goes on in verse 20 and 21 explains it. But he that receives the seed in the stony place is the same that he that heareth the word and anon with joy received it. <laughs> Yet he hath no root, no root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. No, it's the word. By and by he's offended and walks away. Luke 8, same thing. Some fell among the rock. And as soon as it sprung up, it withered because it lacked moisture. The water. Why did it lack moisture? Because the roots didn't go down deep enough to get to the water. Verse 18. They on the rock, which they hear and receive the word with joy, these have no root, which while for, they believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. Mark 4, same thing. And some fell among the stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. No root, it withers. Verse 16 17 of Mark 4. And these are likewise which are sown in the stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they're offended and they fall away. No root. Only stones, only hard stones. And the roots will not go through the stone. Is the soil of our hearts so hard that when people come, they can't have root and they go away? Is it hard ground? Maybe we need the water of the Ground again. Soften it up. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue, refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of service of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. You will not be defeated when you're plugged into God. This is your blessing. You're blessed. Because you're planted by the rivers of water and God will protect you and the sun will not will beat down on you and you don't care because you're plugged in. No weapon for the sun, the wind, whatever. You got your roots in deep. The storm comes and you just flow with the storm. You're bendable, flexible, right? Isn't that the word here? Flexible? Bend with the storm. Flexible. No weapon's going to... The sun is not going to beat down on you. If you have root, if you don't have root, the sun is going to beat you. And you're going to wither and dry up. Genesis 24, 56, he said, Unto them, hinder me not, seeing that the Lord hath prospered in my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. What is Abraham's servant saying? I'm prospering in God's way. I'm going to go the way of the Lord. 
But man's advice was trying to talk him out of it and saying, no, 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 stay here. Remember the prophet in 1 Kings, I think, 13? He was not supposed to stay, but he stayed, and because he stayed, he died. He died. They, they want you to stay with them. No, 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 run from them. He leaves, he gets it right. His, this is looking for Isaac for a wife. Jacob goes to the same place. And he lingers, and he's there for seven. And he got schnookered, <laughs> and he's there for another seven. And he's still going to be there if he doesn't get out. And Jacob has to fight to get out. It's so hard for Jacob to get out. He barely makes it, but he gets out finally. When God is prospering, we need to be in God's way. We don't need to go the way of the world in Psalm 1. We need to do what God called us to do, and not linger Psalm 1-4, the godly are not so. They are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Are we plugged in to the waters? Do we need the water to come and begin to cause us to soften our hearts for the things of God again? Where is the water? Because if there's no moisture in the soil will not be soft to allow the roots to take form. And if we're not rooted in God, we can easily find ourselves. And so it's those desperate times in drought when what does the tree do? <laughs> it sends its root down deeper. You'll notice in drought, trees don't produce fruit. You know why? Because they're growing down. <laughs> Up, they're not growing because they're getting killed by the sun. So what are they doing? The tree is down in the ground, driving roots deeper into the ground, looking for water. They don't see much fruit. Why? You say, that tree's dying or something. Well, it's a drought. What is it doing? It's drilling down deeper to get to the water source. To get stronger and stronger in the Lord and attached to the things of God. We can be like the ungodly, the faithless. Here today, gone tomorrow. They don't know what to do. Try this drug, try that drink, try this thing, try that thing. Whatever the internet says, we try this, we try that. it's not working. The choice is ours. Jesus talked about the soils. Which soil are we? Take these words and dig deep into them this week. Dig deep into them and get rooted in God's Word. Get plugged in where you are into the Holy Ghost and getting that nourishment, that rivers of water. If the rivers aren't flowing out, then are they flowing in? <laughs> or have we dammed them up? Have we blocked them up? Get with God. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.